WMRA News. I'm Bob Levicky. A member of UVA's Board of Visitors apologizes for a series of derogatory text messages that he had aimed at faculty and the administration. Twenty local artists work on a public art project that celebrates inclusion and belonging. And full disclosures, Robin Farzad has some thoughts about Amazon's pause on fully staffing its second headquarters in Northern Virginia. This is the WMRA Daily for Tuesday, March 7th. A member of the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors has apologized for a series of derogatory text messages reported by the Washington Post and VPM News. The Daily Progress reports that Bert Ellis addressed the issue during a board meeting last Friday. Since being nominated to the position by Governor Glenn Youngkin, Ellis has faced criticism from both UVA students and faculty for his past actions and comments. Ellis's term on the Board of Visitors runs through June 2026. Virginia's congressional delegation is working across party lines to make whole milk available in public schools. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope reports. Whole milk was prohibited from school cafeterias a decade ago as part of the Department of Agriculture's school lunch program. The effort was part of the Obama administration's Let's Move initiative. But now people are starting to second-guess that idea, including Abigail Spanberger, a Democrat from Northern Virginia's 7th Congressional District. Far too often you see the tray of food and you see that skim milk going unopened straight into the trash can. And I know certainly from my three daughters, the youngest of whom is a third grader, that she loves chocolate milk, whole milk. And it's an important part of getting enough calories and nutrients into her on a regular basis. That's why she introduced the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act, which would allow flavored and unflavored whole milk in public school cafeterias. Michael Dykes at the International Dairy Foods Association says the bill reflects the latest in scientific research. Researchers are speaking out more that consumption of fat and diet's not directly related to obesity. Also, the concerns about saturated fat in milk. New studies are out saying that consumption of full-fat dairy is maybe associated with neutral or lower risk of heart disease. Unlike a lot of other things in Congress, this bill has widespread support on both sides of the aisle. One of the co-sponsors of Spanberger's bill is Republican Ben Klein from the Shenandoah Valley. I'm Michael Pope. Twenty local artists are working on a public art project celebrating inclusion and belonging. WMRA's Randy B. Hagee reports. Opening Doors, the Art of Inclusion is a project of the Arts Council of the Valley in collaboration with the Arc of Harrisonburg and Rockingham. Last fall, they invited artists to submit sketches depicting how they would turn a household door into a work of art, one that conveys the themes of inclusion, acceptance, unity, diversity, and belonging. Jenny Burden, director of the Arts Council of the Valley, explained that each of the 20 chosen artists is approaching this concept in a different way and in different media. For example, Laura Thompson, she takes her door over to our community place for painting sessions. And she has patrons over there who are helping her. And then you have Christopher Michael. He is an art teacher at East Rock. And he's looking at the idea of inclusivity using the symbol of a bridge. I got to speak with one of the other artists at her home studio in Nelson County. Lana Lambert lives at the end of a long gravel driveway on a grassy hilltop surrounded by mountains. 
Her newly built home on her family's farmland is pleasantly scented by wood smoke from their stove, and the walls are covered with artwork. Oh, you might enjoy this. Um, teaching a class on traditional block printed decorative paper. As Lambert guided me around her studio, she pulled out a printmaking design she had made of a rolling ocean wave. So the way it was normally done was design was sketched out and you know you made sure that the pattern would repeat itself and overlap. It's carved out and then repeated and then you do a whole bunch more and then you have a whole block that you can then make repeating pattern paper from. Lambert's expertise includes a wide variety of media, from mixed media illustration, to watercolor painting, to woodblock printing, to Japanese bookbinding. Her art of inclusion door was propped up in one corner of the studio, on which brilliantly illuminated clouds were beginning to take shape and paint. So I came up with the design of having this beautiful billowing cloudscape. I don't know, at certain times a year, it just seems like Harrisonburg has these huge, massive, you know, mm-hmm. cumulus clouds, and it's just such a neat landscape. And when the, the sunlight hits it in the evening, it's just amazing. Beyond just showing this cloudscape in the visual realm, Lambert wanted the project to be accessible to people who are blind and visually impaired. Her partner, a poet, is helping craft a verbal description of the scene, which she will install on the door with rhinestone chips in braille. And then for colorblind viewers, based on advice from internet forums, she's providing multiple pairs of safety glasses with different colored tints. Lambert also decided to add a tactile component to the painting after getting input from art teacher Tammy Waddell at the Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind, or VSDB, in Stanton. I'm going to lay it flat to paint the clouds so that the paint can pool and that maybe there can be the curvilinear features of those clouds so that people can touch it and feel sort of like a relief to it. I spoke with Waddell via Zoom about her work and how art exhibits can be more accessible to both deaf and blind patrons. Waddell is deaf, and so for our conversation, she signed while interpreter Aaron Yanez translated for us. Waddell has a lifelong passion for art, first instilled by her mother. Some of her favorite media are... Abstract painting, really any type of painting. Crafts, I really do enjoy making a lot of things. Working with wood paneling, I also work with a pizza pan as a type of, you know, canvas to display art on, using different things and getting creative with how you do things. Upcycling Mm -hmm. or recycling materials as well, I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Waddell teaches art to all grade levels at VSDB. She told me she uses an interpreter when working with blind students. Being a deaf person teaching blind hearing students has been very challenging, but I've had a great opportunity to learn from them as far as incorporating tactile elements. She also travels, teaching classes on DEVIA, which stands for Deaf View Image Art. It's a lot about self-expression, identity as a deaf person, deaf hood, deaf culture. What does it mean to be deaf? There are very a lot of positive affirmations related to being deaf, and there's also resistance that's part of the deaf identity. She noted that the level of accessibility of art museums can depend on their funding. Yeah, I feel like accessibility's come around where a lot of places are doing somewhat better with that. It'd be just great to have a description next to the painting that's in Braille or something we can read for a deaf can read. But I mean, not all are fluent readers. So there's different challenges for galleries, I know, to make things truly accessible. 
the finished works of Opening Doors, The Art of Inclusion, will be installed in primarily outdoor locations throughout Harrisonburg and Rockingham County at the end of April or early May. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. Learn more about the Opening Doors project at WMRA.org or on the app. An offshore wind company wants to route transmission cables through a neighborhood in Virginia Beach, but some residents are pushing back, WHRO's Catherine Hafner reports. Avangrid Renewables plans to build a wind farm off the Outer Banks that they say could power a million homes. But the company says routing cables from the project through Sandbridge is the best option. The cables would go under the beach and through a public parking lot. Residents have formed a group called Protect Sandbridge Beach against the proposal. They cite concerns about impacts to health, the environment, and local businesses. Here's Gabrielle Mack, who lives within spitting distance of the proposed site. The more we learn, the more we realize we don't know. There are so many communities up and down the East Coast that are a lot further ahead than we are. Longtime resident Aileen Black says she knows the importance of finding alternatives to fossil fuel, but she wants to know more about how it will all work. We need to slow down. We need to get this right for our kids. Virginia Beach City Council recently directed Avangrid to hold more community meetings about the project. The company also still needs federal permits and a buyer for the energy. Catherine Hafner reporting. Well, more discussion now of a story we, we reported on yesterday. Cities all over the country wanted it. Northern Virginia won it. But now Amazon is pressing pause on its new second headquarters in Northern Virginia, Robin Farzad, host of Public Radio's Full Disclosure, and Virginia Public Radio's Craig Wright talk about what happened and its potential impact on the Commonwealth. When it comes to the world of business, even the grandest of plans are at the mercy of an ever-changing economic landscape. Robin, some big changes uh, as far as construction at Amazon's HQ2. Yes, it's throttling the second part, uh, including the kind of double helix or this lipstick type building with gardening and connections all around it and everything. It's really high tech and futuristic and indicative of the fact that one of the largest corporations on the planet, I think at, at its peak, it had more than a $2 trillion market valuation, was aiming for the heavens. Uh, but then, you know, things fell back down to earth. Tech expectations sometimes are overrated. The entire industry got well ahead of itself. And so it's slowing down its plans. It's not pulling out, but it's going to take its time. It's a big headline, but should people not be reading too much into this? Isn't that just the nature of big business? It is. And I think especially when you're a massive publicly traded company like this and you shift from growth at any cost, throw money at it, have all sorts of experimental projects. In Amazon's case, it has Whole Foods, you know, free grocery delivery with Prime and everything when spending mm. for growth for growth's sake is is really prioritized by Wall Street. Now, Wall Street is scrutinizing profitability. And so on top of the layoffs, you're pulling out of more speculative projects. And for accounting reasons, if you kind of spread this out and smooth it out and amortize it over a longer term, you could get an accounting you know, quarter by quarter profit boost from it. But I do believe that they're still committed to the region. The region doesn't seem that freaked out about it. And frankly, that Northern Virginia region is on fire anyway. It has such a you know an influx of people moving there for jobs, a play on the growth of uh, DC and all the Fortune 500 companies there. And so Amazon has already placed its bet, and I doubt it's really going to shrink away from it. Well, when the original concessions were made and the deal was struck, this was pre-coronavirus. 
In the wake of the pandemic, a lot more folks are working remotely, and it has absolutely changed the way that we work. And as a result, a change of plan seems understandable. That's true. There's a glut of Class A office space. And if you want to bring even new, fresh office space, LED certified, whatever, uh, to the equation, it's not the wisest time to do it. Having said that, one of the economic development partnerships in Northern Virginia did report that the 8,000 workers currently employed at the fraction of the new headquarters is mm-hmm. already at running ahead at about 3,000 ahead of what was expected at this point. So I think Amazon also as the economy perceives to tighten, wants people to come back to the office. So it's not like you have all that much clout if you're expecting potentially that you're going to get laid off. You kind of have to show up at even these white-collar jobs. Uh, Arlington County Board Chair Christian Dorsey noted the project was never supposed to be completed before 2035. I mean, that leaves an awfully big window for things to change and still hit their target dates. Yes, and who knows how many booms and busts we'll have Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the next 12 Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. But certainly this is a lull right now. Tech, let's not forget how many tens and tens, hundreds of thousands of people were vied for by Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Meta, Facebook, and all of them during the pandemic, uh, imagining a kind of a zero interest rate Fed policy forever that we didn't quite have. Interest rates are very expensive right now. Construction loans are expensive right now with interest rates where they are. I think, you know, and the Fed not done with tightening. And so you are probably getting whispers in your ears, Amazon, that you could do worse than to kind of pause and wait for a more opportune time when growth is prioritized by Wall Street and growth is prioritized by the Federal Reserve as evidenced by interest rate policy. Indeed. We've been speaking with Robin Farzad. He is the host of Public Radio's Full Disclosure. I'm Craig Wright. Robin, we'll look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. And finally today, a little more business news. The Altria Group announced Monday that it will purchase vaping startup Enjoy Holdings for roughly $2.75 billion. Altria, based in Richmond, already owns four companies that make nicotine or tobacco products, including Philip Morris USA. The company previously invested $12.8 billion in Juul Labs. The conglomerate has pledged to, quote, responsibly lead the transition of adult smokers to a smoke-free future by 2030. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your Tuesday.